Turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 16. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 16. The Apostle Paul, at the end of his life, said, I have kept the faith. I've finished my course. I've run my race. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He had persevered through difficulty, probably more difficulty than any of us will ever experience in our lifetime. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was jailed. He was stoned and left for dead. But over and over again, God had delivered him, and God had sustained him through the difficulties of life. And he found that he could have joy even in the midst of all the suffering that he faced. You know, I'm convinced that no matter what may come, Jesus is sufficient to carry us through. And uh, we need his hand. We need his sustaining power. Um, and we can look to him in faith. And we can pray and ask God for his sustaining power as we struggle. But he will always be sufficient and he cannot fail. Habakkuk found that God was faithful. He had some questions. He didn't much like what was going on. God, why aren't you judging sin? Uh, and then when he found out God was going to judge sin, he didn't like the way that God was going to judge it. Well, Lord, why are you using the Babylonians? And uh, God explains to him how he's going to judge the Babylonians and so forth. And so the future doesn't look too bright. Uh, what's coming is judgment. What's coming is difficulty. And yet Habakkuk, after meeting with God, and this is an important point, after meeting with God, his perspective changes. Any of you have experienced that? You come alongside uh, the Lord and, and, and just kind of draw aside to be with him, and he changes your perspective. And your eyes shift from the problems around you to the God who's able to handle those problems and difficulties. Uh, this is what happened to Habakkuk, I'm convinced. It wasn't that he was denying the problems. The problems were still there. But he was now is able to face these problems by faith. And along with that faith will come a blessing. And so we need to lift our eyes to the Lord and call upon him. And ask him to sustain us in our faith so that we can experience those blessings of faith. Experiencing the blessings of persistent faith. That's the title of my message. And we're going to begin reading in verse 16. It says, I heard and I trembled within. My lips quivered at the sound. Rottenness entered my bones. I trembled where I stood. Now I must quietly wait for the day of distress to come against the people invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls, yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. 
experiencing the blessings of persistent faith. Well, how do we do that? Well, first of all, we need a supernatural resolve. We need a supernatural resolve. I don't know about you, but many times in my Christian walk, faith will be up here. In the next day or two, it'll be down here. Next day or two, it'll be up here. It's like a, a roller coaster, right? Up and down, up and down, up and down. We fluctuate, and, and we have human bodies that get tired. Uh, we get uh, exhausted with the emotions, uh, that, uh, dealing with things we face. Oftentimes, we struggle spiritually. We struggle with sin. And, and uh, the Bible says that the sins of the flesh can war against our souls. And so oftentimes, there's this roller coaster going on in the Christian life. But God doesn't intend for that to be the common experience of his people. God wants us to learn to walk in the filling of the Holy Spirit. And as we do, what will take place is God will infuse us with his faith, with supernatural faith, which will result in supernatural resolve. Listen, some things in life are not easy. You've probably heard somebody say anything worth doing uh, is not going to be easy. Uh, That's often the truth. But life itself often is not easy. We have unexpected things come along. We, We have sickness or death that comes along and disrupts. We have uh, unexpected job loss. We have financial need and all of these different things that come along at different times in our life and sometimes come along unexpectedly. But God is able to sustain us through those times. And He is able to give us a supernatural resolve. Look at verse 17. Though the fig tree does not bud. There's no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails, though the fields produce no food, though the flocks disappear from the pen, and there are no herds in the stalls. Y'all said a prayer for me. (laughs) This is allergy, by the way. It's not corona time, okay? Um. Habakkuk is saying, I have a supernatural resolve. Everything in our country that provides wealth, food, if all that passes away, I'm going to trust God. A lot of times we say, well, Lord, I'll trust you if you do what I want you to do, right? If I'm making good money, If my family relationships and friendships are going well, if there's no trouble or sickness, I'll trust you. Maybe we don't say that, but we think that, right? Uh, I went through a season in my life where I was bitter at God, and I didn't trust Him. Things weren't going the way I thought they ought to go, and I just got angry with God. But you know what I found? I entered into a spiritual desert. Do you know God doesn't say, oh, no, Roger's mad at me. 
you know, he's not wringing his hands up there. He's not breaking out in his sweat because, uh, because I'm upset. Uh, I remember Chuck Swindoll shared one time how his, his mother, when he would throw a temper tantrum, she would just ignore him. You know, he's, he's over there thrashing and yelling, and, and she'd just ignore him. It drove him crazy <laughs> because she was untouched. Well, listen, it's not that God doesn't care about our hurts. He, he does care about our hurt, but we can't manipulate him. And what I found was I entered into a time of spiritual barrenness in my life, and I was just in the desert spiritually. Took me a long time till I finally came to the end of that, and I said, "Okay, God, you do whatever you want to do in my life. Just let the sweetness come back. I, I, I'm sorry that I've been angry and bitter with you." And did you know, God in His grace restored my fellowship with Him. He's good. He's so good to us. But what I found was I could pray at the beginning of a trial and ask God to grant me the faith to trust Him through that trial. And he would supply the faith. So that I didn't have to go through that every time things didn't go right in my life. I could trust God when things went in an unexpected direction. This is what Habakkuk's doing. He, if you could translate this into modern language, you'd say something like this. Though my bank account is empty, though I've lost my job, though my family is sick, Though I wish 2020 were over, <laughs> right? Uh, yet I will trust in my God. Supernatural resolve. Did you know it's good to be stubborn? Some of you, you said, boy, it's worth it just to hear those words from a pastor's mouth. I now have an excuse for my stubbornness. Uh, it, it is good to be stubborn in some things. You need to be stubborn in your faith. You need to be stubborn. You need to be stubborn in your resistance of the enemy. But uh, as we're talking about faith, so um, he says, I have a supernatural resolve. This is important. If we're going to experience the blessings of persistent faith, we need to have the supernatural resolve to trust God no matter what may come. I want to tell you something. God is still God no matter who gets elected. God is still God, no matter what is happening in the cities of our land. God is still God. If you lose your job, he's God. He's able. Somewhere I read a verse, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. God is able to take care of us. We serve the God who spoke the stars into space. We can trust him. We serve the God that cares enough for us that he sent his own son. That's deep, deep love. So, a supernatural resolve. Secondly, what do we need? We need to make a personal choice. A personal choice. Look at verse 18. Literally, in the Hebrew, the word I comes first, and it's emphatic. You don't actually have to have the separate pronoun in Hebrew. But the separate pronoun is here, and it's the very beginning of the sentence for emphasis. I will celebrate in the Lord. Listen, if everybody else 
is grumbling and complaining and angry and out of sorts. I will rejoice in God my Savior. I will. Reminds me of Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I will rejoice in God my Savior. I'll celebrate in the Lord and I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. It is a choice that we make. A personal choice. We can choose how we respond to circumstances. You can choose how you think. As a child of God, you can take your thoughts captive. That's kind of a revolutionary idea for a lot of folks. But it is true. We can choose. And we can choose how we respond to trouble. Do I grumble and complain? That's the, the flesh's way of dealing with problems, right? We murmur. I like that. That word murmur is kind of a colorful word, right? That's what the Israelites did in the wilderness. Right? This, uh, you've had your kids do that, right? After you said, well, this is the way it's going to be, and, you know, there's no more discussion. And you hear this in the back, of the back seat because they don't like what you've said, right? That's murmuring. Complaining. Oh, I can't believe. Here we go again. Yeah, you know, I can't believe this person is doing this. I, I can't believe I'm having to face this trouble again. Right? And we complain and we bellyache and we groan. That's not how we're to respond to trouble. We're to respond to trouble by choosing to rejoice in the Lord. You know how you can do that? Choose to praise and thank God. Um, you know, whatever may happen, we can thank God for something. If we're, if we're going through trouble in our life, we can thank God for the good times. We can thank God. Many times we have something going on in our life, but most of us in America don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from. Most of us. There are some who do. We can thank God for the food that he's given us. We can thank God for the clothes on our back. We can thank God for this building that God's given us to worship him. Even more than that, what about the comfort of the Lord? Aren't you grateful for the comfort of the Holy Spirit? Aren't you grateful when you're, when you're burdened and you're, you're downcast and you take your, your burdens and you cast them on the Lord and He touches you and restores you? What a thing to thank God for. Praise Him for His goodness and His kindness to us. I can't tell you how many times I've come before the presence of the Lord and I felt like, you know what, Lord, I don't even deserve to come into your presence. But I need you. And how he's met me there. He is so good. Uh, what about thanking him for what Jesus did for us? He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed somebody to wash my sins away. Now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. <laughs> Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. I, there's not enough words that we could speak in our lifetime to adequately thank God for what Jesus did for us at the cross. Or 
maybe we turn our eyes to God himself and to his character and to his greatness. Lord, I thank you for your justice. You know, everywhere I look, I see injustice in this world. Lord, thank you that you are just. Thank you for the coming justice of your kingdom. Lord, I praise you for your perfect justice, your perfect wisdom, your perfect righteousness. Or how about his faithfulness to us? Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Great is your love. Great is your grace and your mercy. I love that verse in Romans 5. It says, where sin abounded, there did grace much more abound. The grace of our God is so great. Praise his name for it. So what do we do? Well, we make a personal choice. I'm not going to grumble. Yes, I can take my problems to God in prayer. And that's what Habakkuk did, right? He had questions. He wasn't afraid to ask his questions. He wasn't afraid to, to, to bring his troubled heart to God. And that's we need to do that. But he didn't stay troubled. He allowed God to shift his focus. And he made a personal choice. I am going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to praise my God. I'm going to thank Him, regardless of what may come. And can I tell you something? This is like, this, is ha- this has helped, happened in my life. It's like pushing a button to change your attitude. You ever had a bad attitude? I've had a bad Mondays are especially difficult for preachers, you know. Sometimes I wake up in a bad, have with a bad attitude on Monday morning. But... What I found is as I choose to praise God and thank God, and I choose to focus upon Him and rejoice in Him, my whole perspective has changed. By the way, you rejoice in somebody you love, don't you? You, you don't uh, uh, ask your, your, your wife, uh, your future wife, to marry you, right? And then you say, well, I don't want to spend any time with her, Right? Uh, you rejoice in it. You know, most of the time you see people who are, who are newly in love. What do they want? They can't get enough of each other, right? They're making googly eyes at each other. There's, you know, they, they, uh, they call each other on the phone. They, you know, they do all these things and can't seem to get enough of each other. Why? Because they're delighting in that other person. Do you know God wants us to delight in Him? To be eager to enter into His presence? We can't do it in our own strength. We've got to have his help. And, and we can pray and say, Lord, uh, help me delight in you. Lord, I, I you know, sometimes I, I'm not a morning person, okay? I'll confess to you. Sometimes I get up to have my devotions, and I, I just don't feel like it. You ever been there? I, I just, I, all I want to do is sit there and, you know, let the, the uh, lack of caffeine hangover pass as I drink my coffee, right? Uh, and, you know... But what I, what I found, as you come into God's presence, you can say, Lord, my heart's not in this. I'm not where I need to be, and I confess that to you. But would you give me grace today to listen to you and to worship you and to thank you and to, to draw close to you and enjoy this time with you? And in his grace, he enables us to do that. Now, you've got to take care of the problem of sin, okay? That will kill your, your time with God quicker than anything else. Uh, if you don't know Christ, you've got to take care of the, the big problem of sin, which is eternal judgment and separation from God. Uh, 
that's done through what Jesus did at the cross in dying for our sin and being raised again. And uh, we put our trust in, in the Lord by choosing to turn from our sin in our own way. And we receive the forgiveness of Christ, the gift of eternal life the Bible talks about. And God changes us and he washes our sin away and buries it in the sea of forgetfulness. Wonderful, wonderful truth. Once that takes place, that's settled. Okay? But you can sin as a child of God and disrupt the fellowship. It's, uh, it's like when you, you get in the doghouse with your, with your spouse, right? And they said, don't touch me, right? You're, you're in that same room. It's not that the person has abandoned you. You're in the same room, but there's, there's a barrier there. How do you deal with that? Your barrier between you and God. You confess that sin to God. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you ask God to help you genuinely repent. If you do that, uh, it will open up the lines of communication so that you can enjoy the presence of the Lord. But he says, I will celebrate. I will exult in the Lord. Uh, I heard that there was a, a high school football game. Uh, it was Friday night, I think. We were hearing some fireworks go off. People exult. That's a good word to describe what people do at a football game, isn't it? They exult. I mean, they're, get, they're getting all excited. They're jumping up and down. They're, oh, yeah. Right? They're excited about it. I exult in the God of my salvation. I celebrate the Lord. I rejoice in Him. I choose. It's a personal choice. Accomplished by God's supernatural grace. So, um, experiencing the blessings of a persistent faith, how do you do that? Well, you need a supernatural resolve. You need to make a personal choice. You need a foundational trust. He says, um, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, literally the all capital Lord, is the great I am, uh, Yahweh. My Lord is my strength. He saves me. He makes me strong. Uh, he is good. He, rejoicing in, in, in trusting in the, in the basic goodness of God. Do you believe that he's good? Do you believe he's the God that saves? That saves you personally? That loves you? Who has your hairs numbered? Who sees when you sit and you rise? Has every one of your days written in his book? Uh, if you believe that, that foundational trust will carry you through the hard times. I'll tell you what happens usually when we get into difficulty. We begin to doubt the goodness of God. In our flesh, in our, in our humanness, we doubt the goodness of God. Well, how could God be good and allow this in my life? How could God really have a good heart toward me if I'm experiencing this much pain? This is a question that people have asked throughout the ages. Uh, but the fact is, pain can sometimes 
be a good friend. There's a, Ravi Zacharias tells, tells about uh, this little girl who had a disease where she couldn't feel pain. And because she couldn't feel pain, she would injure herself and, and there, she was maimed and, and uh, there, was, there were constant trips to the ER and constant difficulty because she couldn't feel pain. She'd just keep going. She'd run into something or uh, lay her hand on a stove and it didn't register. Just sit there and her hand cook. You know. So uh, pain would be a friend because it's a, it's a gift from God to help that person respond in that case. Well, pain in the same way helps us oftentimes turn our eyes to God and get our eyes off God. Pain also uh, teaches us how to trust in God and how that God may be the only thing we have, but he's all we need. So this, this foundational trust in the goodness of God. I heard one person explain it like this. Uh, suppose you saw somebody flying down the highway, weaving in and out of traffic, going 90 miles an hour, and, you know, people having to hit their brakes, and, and, and you know, and you're thinking, this guy is a maniac. He's going to get somebody killed. And, and then you notice, that's my father. Does that change your perspective? Well, I don't know. I don't know your father, but <laughs> maybe not. But uh, probably it does, right? You think, well, this is, this is my father. I know this is not the way he normally drives. He must have a good reason. Maybe he's taking somebody to the hospital or, you know, whatever the case may be. But uh, we have a foundational trust in the, in the goodness of that person that we know and love, right? The same thing is true with our relationship with God. When things are not going the way we should, and we think, oh, this is crazy. Why would God allow this? I don't understand. We need to trust in his basic goodness. And that foundational trust. Habakkuk has not changed his view of God. As he's cast his cares and he's brought his questions to God, he has retained his faith. And as God fills you with his spirit, he will enable you to have this trust, this foundational trust in the Lord. And this is something that is so important. The devil will whisper in your ear and say, God's abandoned you. God doesn't care about you. God just, he just cares, he just, he's just trying to play with you and, and mess with your, with your life. And he doesn't really, really care about you. This is what the devil will whisper in your ear. But... That would be a good place to quote the scripture. What time I am afraid, I will trust in you. You see, we can choose through the power of the Holy Spirit to trust him when, t- when times are difficult. And uh, we, can, we can also quote that scripture verse, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there's no change. Circumstances change, but God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And these light and momentary sufferings, Paul said, are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. However bad your suffering may be, 
it shows you that's just light and momentary compared to the greatness of the glory. So when you experience hard trouble, get excited because what glory we are going to experience one day. It gives us a little taste of a glory that just blows our minds. I I don't think we can completely comprehend it right now in these earthly bodies with our earthly brains. We'll have to get our souped up uh, glorified body to be able to appreciate it in the correct way. But um, this foundational trust, you know, Job, Job he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He lost his his kids, he lost his wealth, everything within just a short time. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He's even lost his health. He begins to question God. He begins to wrestle. He begins to struggle. He says, Lord, I've tried to serve you. Lord, I'm a good guy. Why are you letting this happen to me? And ultimately, he doesn't see behind the scenes. It's the devil who wants to do him harm. It's not God. God's allowing the devil some leeway in his life so that Job can get to the point where he says, Lord, I had heard of you with my ears, but now my eyes have seen you. And I repent in dust and ashes. You see, the end of the book of Job comes with God giving him twice the possessions. God giving him a great family. And all these things were restored. Uh, listen, there are people who, who die in suffering. But I want to tell you, if you're a child of God, you need to trust in the good purpose that God has for you. Because, listen, I'm going to tell you, this life is a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. One day we're going to see Jesus. And our joy will never be taken away. Eternity. What a day that will be. I'm ready to sign up. Lord Jesus, quickly come. So, experiencing the blessings of persistent faith, you need a supernatural resolve, you need to make a personal choice, you need to have a foundational trust, and you need a spiritual elevation. I've talked about this a little bit, um, this elevation that comes from being filled with the Spirit. That's what helps you make these choices and do these things. But as you, through the power of the Spirit, make these choices... He blesses you, and he elevates you even more. So he draws you and teaches you how to come into his presence, and you learn more and more to do that. He elevates you through that time with him. Look at what Habakkuk says. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer, like hind's feet, like those, uh, those mountain uh, animals that, that prance across the top of the, the hills and uh, you know, they've got quickness and nimbleness and strength and, um, and are able to navigate whatever terrain they may find. Habakkuk says, this is what God does for me as I enter into his presence. And I find that what seemed overwhelming, what seemed too difficult for me to face, I can face in his strength. And he makes my feet like hinds feet. Listen, I want to tell you, not only is there not anything that we can't walk through with Christ, but there's also nothing that God can't do through us as we walk through difficulty. These these apostles who were persecuted for their faith, 
they turn the world upside down. Listen, we don't have to despair as children of God. Listen, I want to tell you something. We serve the God of the universe. Jesus is the God of the resurrection. Is anything too hard for God? God can use this church. God can use this people to change this city. To change this nation. I believe that with all my heart. He's done it in the past. He can do it again. He makes my feet like hind feet. Now, if you follow these steps of experiencing the blessings of persistent faith, you'll experience this, this abundant life the Bible talks about, the joy of the Lord. Peter, in his book on suffering, called it joy unspeakable and full of glory in the midst of suffering. Paul calls it the peace that passes understanding. Uh, elsewhere, he says, we all with unveiled faces are reflecting his glory. Glory to glory. Uh, there's this process. And the glory of the Lord is on our face. This is what God does as we draw near to him. So experiencing the blessings of persistent faith, you need a supernatural resolve, a personal choice, a foundational trust, and a spiritual elevation. Persist in faith. Don't quit. If you're a child of God, if you've not been trusting God, just confess that to him. Say, Lord, I've not been trusting you. I've been anxious and just burdened down with the circumstances of life. And uh, Teach me how to be filled with your spirit. Fill me and help me make the choice to rejoice in you and delight in you. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you need a relationship with him to be able to rejoice in trouble and to be able to cast your cares on him and to find uh, what you need in, in the midst of trouble. Uh, Jesus has done it all. He's lived the perfect life you couldn't live. That's God's standard, by the way, perfection. Jesus said, be you perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. None of us are. That's why we need Jesus. He lived the perfect life we couldn't live. He died the death we deserved. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. What did God do at Calvary, at the cross? He put my sin on Jesus. He put your sin on Jesus. And all of the justice that had to be carried out against that sin, all of the wrath of God that, that was stirred up because of that sin was poured out on Christ in a moment of time. Only the Son of God could have handled that. And Jesus said, it is finished, paid in full. Because of that, what Jesus did at the cross in his perfect life for us, the Bible says if we'll respond with faith, simple trust in God, that he'll save us and give us eternal life. And that faith is expressed in the decision to turn from our sin in our own way to follow Christ. It's a surrender. It's a choice to bow the knee to Christ, to let him be the leader of our lives. But it's also a choice to receive a gift. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We receive that gift. The gift 
includes God's forgiveness, includes heaven. But the gift is Jesus himself. For as many as received him, to them gave he the right to be called the children of God, even to those who believe on his name. So just tell God in your heart. If you don't know Christ, just tell God in your own words, today I choose to surrender to follow you, and I receive the gift of eternal life. Can I tell you, on the authority of God's word and the promises of God's word and on the power of Christ's work at the cross, you will be saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your glorious word. Thank you for the hope that you give us. Um, Thank you, Lord, for the cross of Jesus Christ that cleanses our sin. For the perfect life my Savior lived in my place. And Father, for those who are here today that don't know Christ, I pray that today would be the day they would repent of sin and put their trust in you. And for those who know Christ, Father, help us to trust you. Help us persist in faith. Help us not give up, but to come to you and ask for the filling and the empowerment of your spirit. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you're here uh, today and and you've made that choice, praise God, you've made the choice uh, to trust Him. If you you haven't yet made the choice to give your heart to Christ and you'd like to talk with me further, please come here to the front and talk to me about it. Or if you're watching online, leave me a, a comment in the comments so I can 